This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the governor and the attorney general have won their first legal victory in the fight to unleash the cruise ship industry. The battle is far from over. 290 more names have been added to Florida's death toll from COVID-19, along with 10,000 new cases reported over the past week. The state economy continues to rebound from the pandemic. The jobless rate was up just a tad in May, but mostly because of a big increase in the labor force. When an unemployment rate increase happens at the same time the labor force increases, it is often a positive sign. It likely means that people are optimistic about employment opportunities. And for the first time, Florida now has just as many people in the workforce as it did before the pandemic. Remember when Donald Trump attorney Sidney Powell promised to release the Kraken and prove the election was stolen? Well, Nikki Fried is threatening to do the same thing to her over a charity raising money to defend election conspiracy theories. If you take advantage of Floridians, if you think the rules don't apply to you, we will release a Kraken of our own. Ambulances are going to the dogs in a good way. The governor has signed a bill saying canine cops injured in the line of duty are entitled to emergency care from paramedics and an ambulance. When a law enforcement canine is injured while safeguarding our communities, this bill finally authorizes emergency service vehicles such as ambulances to transport police canines to a veterinary clinic to ensure they quickly receive the care they need. That bill was inspired by a Florida woman who founded a group called Canines United. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and the story of a Florida man with a Trump flag who used his truck to lay rubber all over a new rainbow-painted pride intersection in South Florida. He's already charged with a hate crime, but wouldn't it be a hoot if he was the first arrest under Florida's new anti-protest law? And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, June 21st. Today is the summer solstice, also known as the first day of summer, and people have been celebrating this day for thousands of years. This is also the World Day of Music, International Yoga Day, National Smoothie Day, National Selfie Day, and National Take Your Cat to Work Day. On this date in 1788, the U.S. Constitution took effect after New Hampshire became the ninth state to ratify it. In 1916, Mexican troops defeated a U.S. expeditionary force under General Blackjack Pershing. In 1948, the 33 and a third RPM long play record was introduced to the American public. In 1968, three civil rights workers disappeared after being released from a jail in Mississippi. They were murdered by members of the Ku Klux Klan. And on this date in 1977, former White House Chief of Staff H.R. Haldeman entered prison to serve time for his role in the Watergate cover-up. 290 more Floridians have been killed by COVID-19. The weekly casualty report from the Florida Department of Health shows our death toll has reached 37,555. And when you include the out-of-state residents who died in Florida, the number is well over 38,000. But you know, we don't have the exact number anymore because the state is not reporting it to the public anymore. The number of confirmed COVID cases also increased by more than 10,000 over the past week in Florida. A federal judge in Tampa sides with the governor by issuing a preliminary injunction against the Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention over their health and safety restrictions that have shut down cruise ships during the pandemic. The ruling by U.S. District Judge Stephen Maryday says COVID-19 is no longer the threat that it was to the public health the way it was at the start of the pandemic, and that the financial injury to Florida's economy grows every day the cruise lines are idle. 
It's a big win for Governor Ron DeSantis and Attorney General Ashley Moody, who claimed the CDC exceeded its legal authority. But the judge also decided his injunction will not take effect until July 18th, and he gave the CDC until July 2nd time to come up with a new sailing order that complies with his ruling. He also ordered both sides back to mediation, a process that failed the first time around. So it's not over yet, and this does nothing to resolve the impasse between the governor and the cruise ship industry over vaccinations. Most of the cruise ships want passengers to be vaccinated to prevent a repeat of those plague ships that tarnished the industry last year. But a new Florida law passed at the request of the governor finds them $5,000 per passenger if they ask for proof of vaccination. More than a million Floridians lost their jobs last year during the pandemic, but the recovery continues as the state gained almost 40,000 new jobs in May. Yet the unemployment rate went up again, just slightly. Adrian Johnston is the chief economist at the Department of Economic Opportunity and says May's unemployment rate was up by one-tenth of one percentage point. Florida's seasonally adjusted unemployment rate in May 2021 was 4.9 percent. This was lower than the national rate of 5.8 percent. Florida's May 2021 unemployment rate was 0.1 percentage point increase from the April 2021 rate. In May 2021, Miami-Dade County had the highest unemployment rate at 6.7%, followed by Osceola County and Hamilton County at 6.6% each. Monroe County had the state's lowest unemployment rate with 3.1%, followed by St. Johns County and Wakulla County. The unemployment rate represented 503,000 jobless individuals out of a labor force of 10,314,000. Florida's May 2021 labor force was up 72,000 from one month ago, This over-the-month increase in the total labor force was driven by an increase in both employed people and unemployed people. It brings the labor force to a new high point since the beginning of the pandemic. When an unemployment rate increase happens at the same time the labor force increases, it is often a positive sign. It likely means that people are optimistic about employment opportunities. Florida added 39,900 new jobs in May, and Johnston says there were increases in all but two of the economic sectors. Eight out of 10 major industry sectors in Florida gained jobs over the month. Trade, transportation, and utilities gained 11,700 jobs over the month. This was followed by leisure and hospitality at 9,200 jobs and professional and business services at 7,400 jobs. The two industries to lose jobs over the month were education and health services, losing 1,900 jobs and manufacturing, losing 700 jobs. The April 2021 seasonally adjusted local area data showed that 16 of the 24 metro areas in Florida had over the month job gains. The Orlando Kissimmee Samford metro area gained the most jobs with 11,200 and grew at the fastest rate of 0.9%. Other metro areas with notable job growth were the Tampa St. Petersburg Clearwater metro area with 8,100 jobs and the Fort Lauderdale Pompano Beach Deerfield Beach metro area with 3,800 jobs. This is the last week that anyone in Florida will be getting supplemental unemployment benefits from the federal government. Say goodbye to that $300 per week. The federal program doesn't actually end until September, but business owners in the Sunshine State claim they cannot get enough people to work because the federal benefits are too generous. They convinced the governor to cut off the federal benefits early. The state agency that regulates charitable organizations is taking legal action against a Texas organization called Defend the Republic. It's affiliated with Sidney Powell, the lawyer working on behalf of Donald Trump, who famously promised to release the Kraken to overturn the 2020 presidential election. 
Agriculture and Consumer Services Commissioner Nikki Freed says her agency has filed an administrative complaint, alleging the group failed to comply with Florida's charity registration law and obtained contributions by means of deception, false pretense, misrepresentation, or false promise. On November 26, 2020, we received a complaint about a website, defendingtherepublic.org, that appeared to be raising money without properly being registered. Under state law, all charitable organizations soliciting donations in Florida must be registered with our department as the state's regulator of charities. This is critical for transparency. Charities are required to file financial statements so consumers see exactly how their money is spent. Defending the Republic is affiliated with Sidney Powell, a former attorney for former President Donald Trump and an established as a legal fund involved in conspiracies in the so-called rigged presidential election. When we spoke to Defunding the Republic seeking answers, they intimated, oh, that's not us, you've got the wrong people. It must be the other Defending the Republic. The response to the subpoena told a very different story. The Defending the Republic website is, in fact, affiliated with Sidney Powell and is, in fact, the same one allegedly operating in violation of Chapter 496 of the Florida Statutes. We have served Defending the Republic, Inc. with an administrative complaint, alleged multiple violations of Florida law. These violations include failing to comply with state law requiring charity registration and obtaining contributions by means of deceptive, false pretense, misrepresentation, or false promise. We are seeking to have defunding the Republic cease and desist specified charitable activities, and we intend to take further action, which may include an administrative fine of $15,000. This is serious. When asking people for donations in the state of Florida, if you don't follow the law, and if you misrepresent and deceive what you're doing, we will hold you accountable. No matter who you are, whether big or small, whether a bad actor, a scammer, or a former lawyer for the former president, we will apply the law equally. Defending the Republic has some choices to make. They can do the things the right way and come into compliance with the law, or they can continue to break the law, misrepresent themselves, and face fines, court orders, and more. I hope this sends a message. If you take advantage of Floridians, if you think the rules don't apply to you, we will release a Kraken of our own. Defending the Republic has 21 days to dispute the complaint or comply with Florida's charity registration law. The governor signs a bill that allows paramedics and EMTs to treat injured police dogs and use ambulances to rush them to the nearest animal hospital. Ron DeSantis signed Senate Bill 388 at the Sheriff's Office in St. Johns County. We obviously all have a soft spot uh, in our hearts for our four-legged friends um, and their Everything from just great companions around the house to everything to saving lives as part of our, of our law enforcement. They're really incredible, um, incredible friends. And so the police use canines very effectively. They respond to fires. They find missing persons. They detect narcotics. They're able to identify explosives. Uh, these canines are used, uh, they use their unique ability uh, to save lives and to protect the people uh, of our communities throughout Florida. And in some cases, 
They're the ones to first put their lives on the line uh, as they work to apprehend dangerous suspects in high-intensity situations. Uh, and after a series of tragic incidents that resulted in the loss of multiple law enforcement dogs, uh, the legislature passed and I signed in 2019 a bill to increase the penalty for causing harm to or using a deadly weapon against the police canine from a third-degree felony to a second-degree felony. And today we build on that action. Senate Bill 388 reaffirms Florida's commitment to protecting our law enforcement, including and especially the four-legged members of the force. When a law enforcement canine is injured while safeguarding our communities, this bill finally authorizes emergency service vehicles such as ambulances to transport police canines to a veterinary clinic to ensure they quickly receive the care they need to recover if there is no individual requiring the medical tension or transport at that time. Bill also allows EMTs and paramedics to provide emergency medical care to an injured police canine at the scene of an emergency uh, and or while the canine is being transported. I think it will end up uh, potentially saving the lives of some of our canines. The person who actually made this happen is Debbie Johnson of St. Augustine, founder of a group called Canines United. I founded Canines United in 2014 when Canine Barron of St. John's County Sheriff's Office was murdered in the line of duty. His death sparked something within me to learn more about these amazing units. I attended his funeral and went through the Civilian Law Enforcement Academy, and it was during that ride-along and meetings at the Sheriff's Office that I learned of budgetary needs not being met. I asked if units could send a list of needs, then we would go directly to the vendor, make the purchase, and donate it. They said yes, so that's exactly what we do to this day. Canines United also honors canines who pay the ultimate sacrifice by having an 18 by 24 canvas portrait and sent to the handler of every fallen canine in the United States since Barron's death. And in 2018, after JSO's canine Fang was killed, I went to Senator Aaron Bean to see if he would sponsor a bill to increase the penalties if someone critically injures a canine. He agreed, and soon Florida became the third state in the nation to have stricter penalties for harming a canine or horse while serving in the line of duty. SB 96 was passed on May 1, 2019, and it's an honor to be here again with our great governor. We are extremely grateful to Senator Wright for taking up this very important bill that will allow canines to be transported in emergency transport vehicles to get the urgent medical care needed. Since its founding in 2015, Canines United has raised more than $800,000 to help support dogs working for law enforcement agencies. Your calendar today at 10 o'clock, State Senator Randolph Bracey of Ocoee holds a news conference in Orlando to announce he will reintroduce legislation to make Juneteenth a state holiday. Juneteenth, which commemorates the end of slavery, became a federal holiday last week. Bracey's proposal to make it a state holiday was supported by the Senate earlier this year, but never saw the light of day in the House of Representatives. The Public Service Commission will begin a series of online customer hearings at 10 about a proposal that would lead to base rate increases for Florida Power and Light. The State Revenue Estimating Conference meets at 10. The Florida Transportation Commission holds a virtual meeting at 10 about toll authority issues. Trustees of Tallahassee Community College meet at 2.30. Trustees at Seminole State College of Florida meet at 3 in Sanford. And former Tampa State Senators Arthenia Joyner and John Grant will be honored during a Tampa Tiger Bay Club Lifetime Achievement Awards dinner at 7 tonight. It's a yin and yang sort of thing. Joyner was a champion of civil rights while Grant championed conservative causes in the state Senate. 
Finally today, a Florida man is busted for doing burnouts with his truck on a pride flag crosswalk as part of a celebration of Donald Trump's birthday. That sidewalk art cost $16,000 to turn the intersection into a splash of rainbow colors. But two days after the street art was unveiled, Delray Beach police say 20-year-old Alexander Jarich gunned his engine and laid rubber as he drove over the design with a large flag on the back of his pickup truck that read, All aboard the Trump train. He's facing charges of criminal mischief, reckless driving, and a hate crime felony enhancement for the damage that was all captured on video. With any luck, he could also face additional penalties under Florida's new Combating Public Disorder Law, the one that was approved by pro-Trump lawmakers to crack down on Black Lives Matter demonstrations. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. Thank you.